It's been a pretty long time since I uploaded an episode, just because I'm lazy and inconsistent, and I decided that now that I feel like I'm getting sick and my throat doesn't feel good, it would be the perfect time to record some audio. So this is chapter four of Quintus Emerillion, which is called Of Thingle and Melian. It's, as you would expect, about mostly about two characters named Thingle and Melian. Uh, Melian is a Maya, which is just a way to say one of the lesser spirits of the Ainer, that one of the lesser Ainer that came down into the world when it was made. And to give you kind of a scale of power, Balrogs are Maya, Gandalf is Maya, all the wizards are Maya, um, Sauron is also a Maya. So basically, they're below the Valar. Obviously, in like standing and power, but they're still pretty radical and can do all kinds of stuff. So, Thingle is um, one of the elf kings, Elway. Um, and Elway is one of the three kings who went over to Amon and saw Valinor and saw the Valar. And we're supposed to come back and try to convince all the other elves how cool um, it was and to come over there. And Elway is on his way west with his his party, and he, also he's he's buds with um, Finway, which is uh, one of the other high kings. <clears throat> anyway, he's on his way west, and he happens to hear some beautiful singing, and he wanders off into the woods. And at some point, he enters some kind of pocket dimension created by Melian, because who knows? She just has. She just has magical power. She's a witch. Um, no, she's a Maya, but basically a witch. And all of a sudden, he sees her and is just enchanted by her beauty and her singing. He walks up to her, and they basically just stare into each other's eyes. And as this happens, he just kind of falls under her spell. And they're both standing there for who knows how long, but the stars just wheel over their heads. And just days presumably years even pass and all this time uh elway's brothers are looking for him and they don't find him so they just kind of continue west under their new leader so i think it's elway's brother uh anyway his name is elway he takes over the teleri which if you remember were kind of the laggards they were the last group of elves headed west um and pretty much the most unreliable elves in terms of just going from point A to point B. They made the most they made the most stops, had the most bathroom breaks. More of them got lost along the way than anyone else. Really Elway is kind of a fitting leader for them, considering that he just wandered off and and got hypnotized by some broad in the forest. Elway, maybe his brother, not important takes over leadership of the Teleri and leads them westward, and Elway, in the meantime, is hypnotized for God knows how long, and um, eventually he emerges with Melian. She's his bride now, and he calls himself Thingle Grey Mantle, and um, he and Melian basically rule over the, the Sindar, um, which I think is Grey Elves, and so they kind of just start a kingdom. They wake up after years everybody else has mostly gone westward but there are some elves left and they just have a kingdom now and thingle is uh 
completely changed. He's a changed man from when he was Elway. Um, he went in just kind of an elf, and he came out, and people see him as basically a Maya now. Somehow his time with Melian has changed him. And it's pretty cool, because obviously Thingol and Melian's children are not just elves. They have a strain of uh, Maya within them, so they're kind of part Einar, which is cool. I don't think it ever produces anything like I don't think they ever have kids that act crazy special beyond stuff that other elves can do but it's interesting like apparently angels basically and elves can get busy and have kids and Thingol's pretty cool um he does act a little dickish later but he's a all like all for the most part he's pretty cool and they have this kingdom, and it's surrounded by the girdle of Melian. I think that comes later, actually, so just pretend that doesn't exist yet. But there's this thing called the girdle of Melian um, that is just like an invisible barrier all around the kingdom that keeps out evil stuff. So it's a pretty good place to live if you don't like evil stuff. So actually, that's pretty much all that happens in Chapter 4. Uh, Thingol wanders off, gets a new bride out of the deal. Um, the elves go west. So we're going to move straight ahead to Chapter 5, which is of Eldamar and the Princes of the Eldalie, which might not be pronouncing that correctly, doesn't matter. So most of the elves, minus Thingol, um, continue on, always leading the Teleri, uh, Finway's leading the Noldor, and Ingwe, I believe, is leading the Vanyar. And they just keep heading west, uh, and Ulmo leads them to the Western Sea. Um, a lot of them drop off along the way and establish dwellings. If they, I think I mentioned, if they just see a pretty river they like, they just will decide to live there, or a forest or whatever. So they get to the western shore, almost like, oh, how are we going to get him over there? He, he just grabs an island to use as a dang boat and pulls it over to the shore, and the elves just hop on. Not the Teleri, sorry, got ahead of myself. Uh, the Teleri are still just, like, taken their time. They just have a lot of wandering left to do. Um, but the Vanyar and the Noldor, they hop on an island, and they ride it on over to the Undying Lands. So the Vanyar and the Noldor go over to uh, Amon to live with the Valar, and the Vanyar, led by Ingwe, never leave. Ingwe, considered the high king of all the elves, all of them, high king, never does anything cool. Uh, the Vanyar just when you think of the Vanyard, just remember, just hung out in Valinor the whole time, never did anything in Middle-earth, never did anything, anything cool that happens in the Cimmerillion, Lord of the Rings, Vanyard weren't there, Vanyard didn't have anything to do with it, just, you can forget about the Vanyard forever after this. They went, they were, they appeared, Iluvatar created them, they journeyed west, hopped on an island, went to the Undying Lands, and that's it. That's the end of their story. Never did anything cool after that. The Noldor, they've got tons of rad stuff to do still. They went over to the Undying Lands, but they don't they don't hang around. I mean, they hang around there for a while, but they, they get to do all kinds of cool stuff. The Teleri, I don't remember, but I'm sure they do some stuff too. So anyway, the Teleri don't go over to the Undying Lands yet. They're just uh, they're super hesitant and super easily distracted. They probably saw some casinos on the way, um, and the bright lights and the noises were just too much to pass up. So, Noldor, Vanyar, 
went to the Undying Lands, Vanyar just stayed there forever, didn't do anything cool. So the Teleri one day, finally, reach the western shore, and obviously they find that everyone they know has already gone. They're gone. So they just reach the ocean and they're like, what do we do now? Dang. We spent too much time at the world's largest ball of yarn or whatever. So they just sit there until uh, Ose, or Ose, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Uh, he's kind of a like a minor, I don't even know if he's a Valar. He's like a minor god. I, I'm not really sure whether he's a Maya or a Vala. I'm not sure. Um, but he comes up, encounters the Teleri, loves them. Uh, he teaches them all kinds of things about singing and shipbuilding and stuff. Uh, he has kind of a love-hate relationship with mariners in general because he's of the sea, not to as great a degree as Olmo, who's in like all the waters of the world. But he's like this god of the sea and winds and also he likes storms so hence the love-hate relationship uh loves making a good storm every now and then and so um eventually Olmo came to take the rest the the Teleri over to Amon but Ose was not very happy about this because he liked them and he persuaded some of them to stay uh there on the shore and they were called the Philothrum and they were very much like seafaring elves. They liked building ships, uh, and they loved the sea, thanks to their relationship with Ose. They built havens, which, if that sounds familiar to you, um, who read Lord of the Rings, because the lord of the Philothrum was Círdan the Shipwright, who ran the Grey Havens, which is where Frodo and Gandalf and uh, all the ring bearers and... A lot of the elves departed from Middle Earth to go to um, to go to the Undying Lands. So Círdan was was the lord of these seafaring elves, uh, and they ran these havens. So in later days, probably the only way to get to the Undying Lands was through one of their havens, and I'll explain that later. Because at the part of the Cimmerillion that we're in now, Amon is pretty much accessible by anybody with a boat. They could just go over there. You know, unless the Valar actively try to stop you, you can just go there. It's just a place you can go. And obviously in Lord of the Rings, that wasn't the case. Not just anybody can get to the Undying Lands. It's a weird dimensional thing where it doesn't even really exist on Earth, but some people can get to there from the Earth. Some people can sail there, um, and that'll be explained later. And at this point in the chapter, they mention again um, how Elway disappeared uh, when he found Melian and he became Thingol. Um, a lot of the elves stayed beside to search for their lord, and then Olway took the elves and carried on. So some of the elves got left behind, and they called themselves uh, the Forsaken, which is a little dramatic if you ask me. But obviously eventually Thingol came back as Thingol. And uh, he and Melian started their kingdom. And the book always describes people who have been to Amon in the in the days of the light from the tr- the light of the trees, the two trees, and uh, Valinor. Uh, they describe them as having the light of Amon in their face, um, or just having the light of Amon. So apparently, um, 
the beauty of the trees and of being in the presence of the Valar is just so powerful that it leaves just this lasting glow or something on you that can be perceived by other people. So the elves that the Sindar, who end up staying with Thingol and Melian, can see this light of Amon in both their faces, since Elway also did go to Amon before coming back. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And I've you'll see sometimes in like artwork, uh, like Lord of the Rings artwork, like I have these really old calendars from like the 70s, that they make this distinguish, like this distinction, um, when they draw them. Sometimes artists, because um, you'll see some elves will have this like glow around their head, and other elves won't, and they're trying to uh, artistically distinguish the elves who were around, um, and who who did go to Amon, and the elves that didn't go to Amon. Anyway, back to the Teleri who still haven't made it to Amon, um, and they're so damn hesitant that they finally get to the shore, Olmo brings them an island, shuttles them across to Amon, and even then, they stop offshore of Amon, they stop in le- like within sight of Amon, and Osei is like, wait, hang out here for a bit, chill with me. And Olmo just is like, okay, and just leaves him there. And so the Teleri are just chilling off the shore of Amon and still haven't made it. They're just, um, it's it's a hard bunch to keep focused. It's like, it's really like herding elven cats. So anyway, while they're making no progress, the Valar give to the elves who came there, the Vanyar and the Noldor, a hill to build a city on, and they build the city Tyrion on Tuna. Tuna's the name of the hill, because of course the hill has a name, and I guess they didn't know that Tuna was already a thing that there was. So the Valar are obviously super stoked that the elves are there, um, and they're just giving them gifts, and in addition to a hill and a city, uh, Yavanna also gives them a tree, uh, a white tree that's kind of like um, Telperion, which is the, the silver tree, only this tree doesn't light up, and it's called Galathilian. You don't have to remember that, not that important. But Galathilian did have a bunch of seedlings come from him, and obviously one of those was descended to be the White Tree of Gondor in the Lord of the Rings books. Another of the seedlings was planted on the Lonely Isle, which is what the place um, where the Teleri settled down um, lived which they're kind of dramatic too. So they, the Teleri stopped on this lonely isle within sight of Amon, but they did get one of the seedlings of Galathilion, um, which they called Celeborn, which, if that sounds familiar, it should, because it's the name of Galadriel's husband in uh, Lothlorien. Um, probably he's named after the tree and not the other way around, or maybe they're both named after something else, because I'm pretty sure... Celeborn means silver something, but I can't remember what. And Galathilian had a seedling named Nimloth, who uh, eventually was a gift to uh, Numenor, which is not around yet. Don't worry about it. We'll come to Numenor later. But anyway, the Noldor, who are the elves that made it to Amon with the Vanyar, don't, but forget about the Vanyar. They're not important. They don't do anything forever for the rest of the time. The Noldor, who are our main characters and cool guys who do cool stuff, the Noldor 
learned a ton of stuff from Aulay, who, if you remember, is the Valar who loves the earth and jewels and crafting. So they learn all kinds of stuff from him, and they become like the greatest craftsmen in the world, basically. And they're the ones who invent how to cut gems and polish them and make them beautiful. And so Ale learns stuff from them, too. And it's just this beautiful sharing of knowledge. And the Noldor just make all kinds of just rad stuff. And they inherit a little bit of Ale's attitude where he likes to he likes to give freely of his stuff and not hoard it. So they just decorate the city of Tyrion on Tuna with gems and precious metals and they just make it this beautiful beautiful city full of shiny stuff it's elf vegas now finway is the high king of the noldor and he's pretty important and he had three sons and they're all pretty important and uh finway had fanor fingolfin and finarfin and Jesus, I know it's hard to keep all the dang F names straight, but I, I'll i try to remind you which is which so that you don't have to keep that track of it. Main one we're going to focus on soon is Feanor, but Fingolfin and Finarfin, also important. Fingolfin's a little bit of a badass. Um, he does some really cool stuff later, but just remember that. We got Finway, High King of the Noldor, Nold, Noldor and his three sons, Feanor, big one. Fingolfin, pretty big one too. Finarfin, I don't remember what he does, but probably important. Also important to note, uh, Feanor does not have the same mother as Fingolfin and Finarfin. Uh, all of them are Finway's sons, but Feanor had a different mom, and I think she died, but he still has, there's still some major beef there. Um, Feanor does not like that Finway hasn't had another wife and had more kids he sees it as a betrayal if i remember correctly but i mean i she was dead um and finway loves this this new woman and finarfin and fingolfin are always trying to get feanor to be their friend and they're always trying to get close to him but for the most part feanor is not having any of it also of note is feanor is basically the most skilled of the noldor he's okay he's almost eerily like an elf version of Melkor. If you remember, Melkor was the most skilled of the Einar, but also he was the most vain and selfish, and that's why he becomes kind of the enemy of the world. Feanor, similarly, is the most skilled and makes some of the coolest stuff, but he's also kind of protective of his stuff. Um, he doesn't give as freely as everyone else, and you can kind of tell he has some beef with his two cool brothers. Um, so obviously there's going to be some strife here, and Feanor is going to be at the center of it. Also, he's constantly compared to a flame. Don't remember if that's relevant, but I'm putting it in here as insurance. Also, Feanor has seven sons. Uh, all of them have names. I think a lot of them begin with F or C. I'm not going to name them all here. They're going to be relevant later. They are all pretty major characters, but I'll bring them up as they become relevant. Galadriel from Lord of the Rings, um, is Finarfin's daughter. So Galadriel is the um, granddaughter of the High King of the Noldor. So that's pretty cool. Um, so even if Finarfin doesn't do anything rad, because I don't really remember what he does, um, he did father Galadriel, which is 
pretty freaking cool because she's super important in the story in Lord of the Rings. Anyway, so all these three major groups of the elves, the Vanyar, Noldor, and Teleri. Oh, by the way, the Teleri move off the Lonely Isle. They just, they see so much fun happening over on Amon that they're like, well, we want in on that actually. Uh, so they, I, I don't know if Almo gives them a ride from their island, whatever. Anyway, they go over to Amon and they start a little port town basically because they still have sailing. They, oh wait, I remember how they get over. They have swan-shaped boats and they just cruise on over there. They make a bunch of swan-shaped boats, cruise over, start a little port city, the elvish New Orleans, New Orleans. New Orleans. Anyway, the Vanyar just think they're too good for uh, Tyrion on Tuna, and they actually move up and live on Monway's Mountain like the just stupid suck-ups they are who never do anything. In like, Inway's High King of the Elves, because what, he got to he got to Amon first? I don't know. Nobody knows. The Vanyar are stupid. The Noldor are where it's at. Just forget about everything else. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter. Bye.